Hey, y'all, it's Will at Schedulefly. So I got a really cool opportunity to go down to Spartanburg, South Carolina, and sit outside at Freight Yard, which is this really awesome open-air beer garden that um, Kenneth Cribb and his partners opened uh, a couple years ago. Uh, and this is on the heels of two successful Willy Taco locations that they have, one in Spartanburg and one in Greenville, South Carolina, about 30 minutes away. And we uh, went down to film Kenneth about six years ago. It was maybe within the first year or two of their first Willy Taco location. And I sat one night, the night before we filmed, and watched him operate within the restaurant and watched him talk to guests, uh, refill waters, take dishes back as needed, leading by example. And he talks in this episode about being servant leaders. And um, Well, let's just say that you will be able to tell by listening to Kenneth uh, why I really immediately developed a lot of respect for him and always have had a lot of respect for him and his group and their staff. They have an amazing team. They're a lot of fun. They're really focused on providing great hospitality, a great experience. Uh, their places are, you know, places where people go frequently and feel at home. So um, with that, enjoy this episode, and we'll have another one soon. See y'all. And we are live. All right, cool. What's up, y'all? It's Will with Schedule Fly and... Oh, man, I'm so excited. I'm sitting out here in Spartanburg, South Carolina, outside. Summer storm just passed through, cooled it down a little bit. We got live music. I'm at Freight Yard, and uh, I'm with Kenneth Cribb, and Kenneth is one of the partners here at this outdoor venue, which we'll talk about. And also, he and his partners own two Willie Tacos, one in Spartanburg, which is their original one, the first restaurant they all opened together, and then they've got one in Greenville, South Carolina as well. All three of these places are phenomenal. They're killing it. They're doing great business. They built a great brand. They have a just incredible reputation around here. And Kenneth, the man, uh, we, God, it was, was it six years ago? Yeah, maybe it was you about and I six years ago. Like that. And uh, he's been in our film series, and he and I have kept up. Man, I have just huge respect for this guy. And, uh, I mean, he's a, you know, if I didn't know him in business, I'd know him as a friend. Um, so, dude, I, I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Likewise, Will. It's it's really great to be hanging out with you and appropriately having a, uh, a cold beer at this, yes. at this beer garden. Yes. And, uh, you know, talking about this great industry that we're in. Hi, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, okay, so you guys, well, just t- tell me a little background. Tell me about, you know, getting Willie Taco going. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, and then I want to talk about Freight Yard because it's unique and it's amazing. It's a really cool concept and uh, uh, just a incredibly creative place I've created here. But tell me about like, Thank like, you. the, the backstory on Willie Taco. Well, it's it's been a process, and there's a really interesting backstory, and you know, don't quite know where to begin. But I, I will say that um, you know, my brother William and myself. Uh, started working in restaurants by the time we were 15 years old. In fact, William was working at, at a pizzeria when he was 14 years old. Um, and it was just kind of the easiest way to get a job and, and kind of get some walking around money as a, as a young teen. And, um, you know, uh, I went on, I, I kept working in restaurants, um, you know, really throughout college and then went on to do some other stuff after college. William just really hung in there and kept fighting the good fight, um, really fell in love with food and became an amazing chef. Um, he worked as a food purveyor 
Um, worked uh, as, a, as a caterer with his own catering business um, at first out of my mom's kitchen. <laughs> nice. Don't tell anybody. And then, um, you know, was simultaneously um, working as a caterer, as a food purveyor by day and a caterer by night in this lunch-only kind of joint um, in downtown Spartanburg. Is and he would, self-taught? Uh, he kind of went through the mentorship, okay. kind of apprenticeship. Um, no culinary school, though. No, uh, but but strongly considered going to CIA in okay. New York. And some of his mentors just said, hey, you know, it would kind of be a waste of time at this point because you all, you already have so much experience, you know, and they'll the first year or so they'll spend teaching you, you know, rudimentary knife skills and, and you know, how to how to make the perfect omelet and, th- you know, things like that. And, you know, you need to keep on just pushing forward, learning, hands-on, none of this ivory tower stuff, you know, just uh, yeah. get in there, get the job done, and keep putting feathers in your cap. And that's what he did, and he decided that um, he wasn't going to work for anyone else anymore and um, had you know had some some bad experience some really great experiences but some bad experiences with, with some hothead you know chef yep. owners and said you know what I, I'm done with this I'm too old for this even as a young guy and um, went out on a limb and started his own little restaurant called Cribs Kitchen it was bursting at the seams um, this tiny little 30 seater he ended up moving to what is now about a a, i think 175 seats right next to rj rocker's brewing company in the grain district in downtown spartanburg south carolina and that's about the time when he called me up and said hey man you know got great things going in spartanburg and you know we never had a family business really to to speak of during my generation the generation before me we were in the peach business and we did we did have a crib and sons um peach peach business in cannery in inman south carolina and by the time my grandfather passed away that was gone so anyway um just really jumped at the opportunity to support my brother and um you know, work uh, in in his um, restaurant, Cribs Kitchen. Uh, really signed up just to help out in an hourly kind of position behind the bar. Um, and our uh, front of house manager, uh, about two weeks into it, just said, "Hey, you know, this really isn't for me." And I said, "Well, I'll I'll do it." You know, and I started learning about restaurant management. You know, um, about ten years ago, and we had a really good run. In fact, that restaurant is still doing tremendously well. Um, William actually befriended uh, a really amazing um, career restaurateur that uh, went through the ranks with some really prestigious big companies like Spartan Foods and um, uh, his name is Bill Burton and he went on to um, join you know the, the Fats ownership team it was, it was he and a partner and they grew Fats to this um, really um, kind of uh, respectable multi-unit kind of like multi-multi-unit kind of were, uh, were they just in the southeast uh, yeah I think so I think so Fats, I think um, South Carolina yes yeah. South Carolina North Carolina Tennessee and Georgia I believe and um, so they had a good number of units yeah I think they were around 50 okay, um, okay. and so um, ended up uh Ended up kind of going into a you know semi retirement. Bill's the kind of guy that has just a lot going on, but um, developed a a great friendship with William and um, 
they decided they wanted to kind of do something together. Uh, and I quickly joined the, the team. William kind of recommended my involvement. Um, and Bill said, yeah, hey, you know, that, this, this is sounding great. In fact, I've got a guy, too, that um, was one of my execs and is very talented. And he's, you know, looking to um, get back in the game. And, um, you know, he, he brought Eric on board. Um, and uh, then we ended up uh, bringing on this really um, savvy, um, bright guy that's a student of the industry um, named, named Richard, um, who hadn't really worked in, in restaurants, but just brought this really unique perspective, um, cre- you know, creative, just loved studying concepts. Um, and then, uh, so the five of us started Willie Taco back in um, November of 2013. Um, we eventually uh, picked up another amazing guy who just has a very keen, just all-around background, but has focused, I guess, most recently on IT and human resources, but can do it all. Just like Eric. I mean, Eric um, has built, you know, 55 restaurants, something like that, but he can... He can run a restaurant from A to Z and do it all, you know. And um, and then at some point we brought on um, Chris Olson, um, who is just an operations guru, you know, multi-unit background. Um, one, one of these guys that's um, in his uh, early 40s has a corporate background and was just dying to kind of get, get out of the corporate world and do something, um, you know, just more organic and and you know more I you know I, I'd say mom and pop but you know uh, just something more real and less plastic you know um, he could tell we had some good things going on and um, so anyway we uh, decided we wanted to do something that was uh, very fresh and unique and fun and flavorful and high energy uh, we wanted to do we thought um, like a really elevated uh, Tex-Mex um, in fact we have an early menu that kind of reflects that. I think we called ourselves like Serranos. Oh, really? And, yeah, yeah. And y'all, yeah. I mean, y'all went to like you, you toured around, right? Like, didn't y'all go to a bunch of places to try to just see what people were doing well? We or? did, we did. You know, um, we went all over Atlanta and and Charleston and Charlotte and Asheville and went down to Jacksonville, Florida. And really fell in love with this concept called Taco Lou. Taco Lou, yeah. You know, Don and, yeah, 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 yeah. We have a lot of respect for Don and Debbie down at um, in Jacksonville. And um, as we traveled, we had a lot of respect for and have a lot of respect for Taco Boy down in Charleston as well. Yeah. Um, actually, place. had a really good experience with um, Mex One down yep. in Charleston yep. too. And Dave you know, Lorenz, yeah, yeah, are, yeah, yeah, and so you know we would go to these places and find you know find something we really liked, whether it was their approach to cuisine, whether it was their their people, their culture, whether it was you know something they've done with the restrooms or the floors or, or the back bar. You know, we we were just truly students of the game, and um, so we were not only kind of learning and getting our our wheels turning, but we were getting to know each other as a as a team. And you know, there the, the little five the five piece team that we started with um, had uh, three of us in our in our early thirties, and, and and two of us in our at that time mid fifties. You yeah. know, fast forward, there's seven of us, and um, 
you know, we're now kind of in our mid mid, mid to late 30s, us, us younger folks. And then, um, you know, our more senior partners are kind of like our, our parents' age. And um, then we have one guy kind of in the middle, you know. And it's just a really neat uh, chemistry, neat harmony of um, experience and prudence. It's kind of tempered with... Um, kind of the piss and vinegar that we bring, you know, we yeah, want it, yeah. we want it yesterday and, right. and, uh, you know, it's kind of the tortoise and the hare, um, you know, um, live, but, um, good balance. So, yeah. Good balance. But anyway, so, uh, we started out in this little 4,000 square foot cinder block building at 930 East main street. We looked at five or six different buildings, um, you know, and, and settled on this place that really had not done very well as a restaurant location uh our mantra was to kind of get in there and reverse the curse and um but you know to take a step back i mean we we decided we liked the kind of taqueria approach you know my brother has a really keen understanding of what he calls flexure flexure and it's um you know flavor and texture and and layers of flavor and so the tortilla is the ultimate blank canvas you know, and he builds these beautiful tacos. And so we started out, you know, with a, a dozen kind of signature tacos and a really neat kind of tequila list and, and really fresh cocktails and then some traditional torta sandwiches. And it was just, it was, we, you know, it's, it's Mexican fusion, really, because um, we're, we're, we're injecting it with, with Southern and an Asian and a little South American. And then... You know, once we kind of establish this this bedrock menu um, that is not too complicated but not too sparse, you know, lots of cross utilization, um, a disciplined kind of menu, um, we decided to really branch out on a regular basis by offering um, weekly or monthly specials um, where we could really kind of you know go off the reservation a little bit and do okay. some things that. Um, that are kind of more beta mode kind of offerings, you know, let's, let's have some fun. Let's see what, let's see what they think our, our guests. And then maybe they'll, they'll make the menu one of these days or something like that. Yeah, when we change yeah. the menu every, every year. So, AB you know. testing. Right. Yeah. yeah so. See, okay. But anyway, I'm kind of drifting a little bit. Uh, not no, I mean, you guys, so y'all did that and you, you opened the Greenville and for the folks listening, Greenville's what, like Half an hour from here? Yeah, it's, thir- it's 30 minutes away, 30, minutes 30 to 40 minutes away, and um, it's a totally different market. Three know? years later, so... Yeah, three years later. Um, was Greenville primarily because you knew the market fairly well in proximity, or what, what was it? It just made sense because it was, um, geographically, it was... Um, uh, it was something logistically that we could we could get away with as a small team, you know. Yeah. Getting getting in the car and going, you know, thirty minutes down, eighty five south as opposed to, um, you know, an hour plus. So so it just made the proximity made sense and the fact that it was just it was a, it was a, a booming market and is a booming market. Um, yeah. You know, I think we. Um, flirted with the idea of going, you know, elsewhere at times. Um, but at some point in time, it, it really made sense that Greenville would be our next step along the way in this journey. And then we uh, discovered the old feed and seed building over there on Lawrence and East Washington. And it's, it's, a, it's a building that is just uh, ripe with history. Um, Has that been a part of your, I mean, you guys have like, all your locations are kind of, 
historic to some degree, yeah. unique. Like, is that? I mean, did you? Is that a big part of what you're doing? Is is trying to find locations that have a story to them and that have some some history? And yeah. I know you said reverse the curse at that one place, your first location, which I've right. been to, which is an amazing location. But apparently, I guess some things hadn't done well there. But that that thing's been there a long time. It has. It's it's an old convenience store from okay. the 1950s. Yeah. And um, so it has some history as yeah. well. And it's on the east side of Spartanburg where. Most of us are from, and um, right there in Converse Heights, and and so yes, there is um, some historicism going on um, in that little building. There's definitely some history at the at the feed and seed location. Um, yeah, we're you know we're all about not just hospitality and the restaurant biz, but. Um, we're all about the community, and we're all about historical preservation when, when we can. And, you know, the feed and seed, uh, Willie Taco feed and seed, as we call it, is nothing shy of an act of um, historical preservation. Um, first of all, uh, it was a feed and seed for, for generations. We call it Willie Taco feed and seed. We've repurposed old... Explain what a feed and seed is for those. Um, it's it's kind of like an old country store uh you know uh farm farm supplies grain um i think you know even a little bit of uh livestock at times um you know chicken feed uh you know i think it's almost like an agrarian approach to the to the neighborhood hardware store almost i think you know probably equal parts you know hardware and and farming supplies and gardening stuff and you know it's kind of it's kind of a cool old southern almost antiquated um business that really is hardly exists anymore yeah but, yeah um, yeah well there's people listening from certain parts of the country that know exactly what that is and those people are like what the hell is a fiancy right. so this is but this i mean they've been there they've been around in the south for 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 a long time it's an old building and y'all found that and uh and then you it was like three years after you the first one yes yeah. Okay. Three years after uh, the first Willie Taco. Um, Were you uh, ready, or I mean, is it, can you ever be ready? Like that's a. I mean, going from one to uh, one to two is not easy, right? Or, or what? I mean, did y'all? Well, I know you had a lot of experience on your team, but you know, we've taught. We we had limited knowledge, us us young folks. I mean, our our uh, our older partners um, had multi-unit experience um we we had been told that going from one to two is is kind of the hardest jump you can make i mean it's the first yeah. it's the first true test you know um are you, are you good are you lucky or you know right right um and so uh you know we were definitely pushed to the to the to the max at, at times uh that was that was around the time we found uh chris olson um, who, uh, although we hired him to, um, and by the way, I mean, I think we, um, had 150 applications, you know, r- resumes come in for this GM position at, at, at Feed and Seed. Cause we kind of made a little bit of a name for ourselves in the upstate. Um, and so people were really excited to, uh, throw their hats in the ring to be part of this culture that we had created. Um, so, uh, you know, over a hundred really qualified people applied for the for the position and he was at the very very top of the of the list like literally you know and so we were very um fortunate to to, to have him join the team and um you know our our senior partner bill had bigger bigger things for for chris down the road than just um 
run, you know, running a single, single unit. Now Chris is our director of operations, and he's an equity partner with us. But anyway, it took a strong leader like, like Chris to tame, tame that beast. And, you know, Chris got, got to work hiring, um, you know, 120 people um, and, uh, you know, going through these, extre- you know, a, a, a rigorous um, training period um, and, uh, you know, doing it quite well. And then just, you know... Uh, a rather busy um, opening boom, and we were holding on for dear life uh, right out right out of the gate. Okay, because because you, you had already so you're close enough that your brand had had obviously made its name, as you said in the upstate. The upstate being Spartanburg, Greenville, mm-hmm. what Anderson, kind Anderson, of, yeah. yeah. Okay, and then you said you had people that wanted to be a part of this culture. Tell tell me about your culture. What? You know, you you'd, you'd built this this uh, location here. It had done well for a few years, but uh, it's one thing to have you know a successful local restaurant. But when you talk about people forty five minutes away wanting to be a part of a culture that you've created, right. that means you're doing you're, you're you're doing something that's really specific in terms of like the the underpinnings of the brand that you're building. So tell me about culture. I know yeah. that's a big thing for y'all. Well, you know, even beyond the, the market studies and understanding that Greenville is the next logical market to, to test this thing. I mean, we, you know, we started just anecdotally, we started seeing, you know, we go, we do table visits and get to know our guests and everything and just notice this really big influx of people from the greater Greenville area coming to eat and drink with us. And, um, that's uncharacteristic, frankly. Um, you know, until recently, there there hasn't been, uh, you know, much of a reason for, for Greenville folks to come and visit um, Spartanburg because they have so much in, in their own city. And uh, we, you know, we've been a little bit behind. I think that um, that's changed a lot over the last decade, and particularly over the last five years, and, and not just because of the work that we've done, but there are just some really great places in this, in this city, and we have more um, to offer as a city than ever before. But um, but you Greenville know, has a Greenville's a I mean there's a lot going on there a lot oh, of good yeah. restaurants and a lot of good so that's saying something for people to for sure when they were to have started I mean it's far enough that it was a, an effort and yeah and we started, and started seeing repeat okay really uh, customers coming okay. from okay. Greenville and um, so anyway but back to the culture I mean we. Um, you know, have this this certain vibe about us that's fun-loving and um, accepting and um, very diverse, very eclectic um, as far as styles and the con- the kinds of people that we that we bring um, that we bring on. And um, but you know, we're very serious about um, about food and about. Um, uh, fusion, and uh, we're very serious about our guests, and uh, and lo- and love our guests very much. And that's the one thing that everyone that comes on board with us has in common is they're very serious about food. They're very kind. Um, they're 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 very respectful, and um, and and the guest the guest is is, is sacred. Um, but uh, you know we have an unconventional way of of doing things that um, is still. It's still wrought with um, with standards, and 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 you know we have our, our rules, we have our systems, we have you know we're serious about maintaining our you know controlling our costs and things of that nature. You know we're serious as far as the business side of the restaurant business, but um, 
we believe in servant leadership. Um, we, we believe in leading by example. Um, we believe in uh, only hiring the, 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 the best. And, and the best doesn't have to be some person with some you know, amazing uh, resume of, of 15 plus years in the, in the, in the F&B world. I mean, it could be somebody, someone that's totally green but they bring with them um, amazing personal qualities that are transferable into any line of work. And, you know, yeah. they're just really nice, cool, fun right. people that get it and they're honest and they're sincere. And they could be, you know, uh, you know a, a, a hippie or a hipster or a jock or the girl next door or a preppy or, you know, uh, you know it, it, an MC. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just really um, we paint with a very broad brush. Um, but we have these kind of core values that um, are non-negotiable. And, uh, you know, um, that's kind of what makes us special. And, uh, and again, you, know, you, you uh, top that off with our approach to servant leadership where we're kind of running with the pack. You know, if, if, if we're managing um, on the floor, uh, we're the first to pick up a broom if something breaks. Or, or bus a table, you know. We do everything that we can to make sure that our service staff, for instance, um, is allowed to do the most important thing in, a, in an unrestricted kind of way, which is take care of our guests. And if that means we're glorified helpers, you know, doing all the dirty work, hey, so be it. We, you know, we love it. And meanwhile, as we're doing that, we're uh, keeping an eye on things and, and getting to know our guests at a really high level. And they're finding their own way, you know, our, our, our familia in the front of the house is finding their own way um, to, to give the most individualized, impactful, genuine service that they possibly can. And they're, and they're, they're building relationships. And people are coming in not just for the, for the really thoughtful cuisine but, um, and the fresh food, but, um, but for, for the people. And one of the highest compliments we can ever get paid, and, uh, you know, anecdotally, this, this has just happened so many times is when someone kind of pulls me aside and and they say where, where do y'all where do y'all find these people I yeah mean, where, where do they come from yeah and i mean you know and it's extremely gratifying because um there's so much love in in, in that building and you know we, we're so serious about um our people and love our people so very much um and it, you're almost you almost feel like not in like an authoritative way at all but like you almost feel like a proud parent or older brother or um you know just someone that um is is nurturing to to somebody you know um and it's like yeah you you know you say to the guest that points out all these amazing people like yeah you really you really do get it you really do see and 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 understand the magic and the thing is it's something that is that is bigger than us and you know we may have kind of set this thing in motion years ago but at some point in time it, it, it's just on autopilot and, it, you know, it's like a tractor beam just bringing in these amazing people one after the uh, next. And, and really great people attract good people. Yep. And that yep. applies to not just the workforce but, but to the guests, you know. And all of a sudden you've just got this luxury of riches as far as the, the human capital under your roof. Man, that's amazing. Well, you know, I remember that time when we were at, at Willie Todd. I mean, it must have been in like – was it 2014, 15, yeah. something like that? It's been a while we were there 14, filming. Yeah. But I remember that the night before we did your your uh, the film stuff, uh, Luke, our film guy, and I were up hanging out with you, talking up at the bar. But, boy, you were, like, locked in. Like, you were talking to us and telling us stories, but, like, 
you were looking around, you were scanning the room, you were seeing what's going on, you were occasionally stepping out, interacting with guests, maybe grabbing a tray, like like you said, I mean, you were really leading by, like it really struck me, like I remember that very well, that you were really laser focused on not just being the owner, you know, one of the owners of Willie Taco, but just showing people the way yeah. to, you know, make people feel at home and make people feel welcome and 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 if things got busy you were like all right i'm gonna go grab those drinks or refill that water i mean like everything yeah you're doing i I was just i thought that was really cool well on the one hand it's it's kind of utilitarian i mean you know it it, 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 you are a helpful kind of cog in the wheel under that system i mean someone's got to do the work servants that's what you're saying when you talk about servant leadership like i feel like that's there, there's there's a psychological component to it. Um, it you're, you are sending a message um, that you're that you're no better than um, the people that are um, you know working their rears off to to make tips or make wages back in the kitchen because they do um, they, they work do. Their oh yeah asses off yeah it, we we flip the thing on its head and we say that we they don't work for us we work for them yeah you know and I I believe that with all my heart and and always have and I actually had some negative experiences growing up in the restaurant biz where, you know, um, I would observe just power hungry, heavy handed restaurant managers that, um, or owners that just, um, didn't, didn't get it. And they were very possessive and they would use words like my and mine. And they would, they would ascribe, um, those possessive, uh, you know, pronouns to, uh, to human beings and to, and to, you know, like my, my, my server, my bartender, my restaurant, my staff, and you know it just really gets old. And, yeah. and no, no one, no one responds well to that. And no one, right. and no, no one buys into that. You know, and they so, don't buy in. Yeah. They may, they may respond in the sense that they have to to, to keep their job. Sure, they're not bought in. It's like an old way not, of doing things. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get like. Yeah, I hear you. They're there as only as long as they have to be. Typically, in those types of situations. That, and it's like Machiavelli, you know. Is it better to be loved or to be feared? Yeah. And, you know, um, as a as a young <laughs> as a young leader, you know, growing up in the in the biz, um, you know, there have been times when I probably grappled with that a little bit. But um, as soon as I kind of, you know, had a, a prominent role and uh, you know, kind of, you know, my my own place, you know, with my partners and everything, um, I decided that it was better to be loved and mm-hmm. and respected and um and the best way to gain the respect of folks is to be humble and, and yes. nice and yeah. while still enforcing the, sure. the common sense rules of the house you know but communicating at a very high level and demonstrating day in and day out that you uh that you work for these people you yeah. know yeah yeah you know it's interesting you say that by the way they're playing steer it up steer it up right now nice. bob marley dude what band is this uh, this is a solo uh, singer-songwriter um, named Alex Honeycutt. Alex Honeycutt. Yes, and he's from the upstate, uh, the, kind of the Greenville area, uh, but plays a lot in Spartanburg, and he's a very, very talented, very, very nice guy. I dig it, man. It's good stuff. It's a good song for this evening. Okay, so anyway, sorry. I just, I was a big Bob Marley fan back in the day. Me just too. Dial into some reggae. I like Peter Tosh a lot too. Peter Tosh. Yep. Absolutely. Um, oh wow, we could talk a lot about that offline. I bet. <laughs> I, went, a, I went through a goofy uh, teenage uh, dre- dreadlock 
stage. Did, you had the dress. I, did, I, I, I wore did. a lot of green, yellow, and red. I never, I, I couldn't do the dress because my hair is yeah. too too straight and stuff. But uh, pictures don't exist from uh, <laughs> from, from from those uh, from that time period. You know that the uh, the history has been scrubbed. I hear you, man. I hear you. I think I might have some some skeletons in the closet or in the attic in the boxes, man. But yeah, back late eighties, man. Like I, I was in a little some Bob Marley, some Peter Tosh, and. I mean, down into like Toots and the Maytals and like Eka Mouse and you name it, man. Like, yeah. Steel Pulse. Steel Pulse. Burning man, Spear. Steel Pulse. Heck yeah. Uh, uh, okay. All right. Anyway, so, um, well, the um, we were talking a little bit earlier about you. I mean, you, you guys genuinely care a lot about your staff and you're trying to help them be successful. And it was interesting because you really have a. Um, I mean, you really, you were talking about, and I want you to get into this a little bit, but like we were talking a little bit about this being such a pivotal point in the life cycle of a lot of these folks that work for you, yeah. where they are in life, what age they are, and what may be next, and what your role might be in that, and how you look at that philosophically. Tell me, talk about that a little bit more, because I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, there's a few different ways to approach this, but, you know, for, I mean, for one thing, um, I'm 36 now, and, uh, you know, I, I, I was 16 yesterday, and I was, you know, um, 20, 22 half an hour ago, you know, and uh, it's funny how time flies, but, you know, working with young people, people younger than you, um, you know, it really is the fountain of youth, um, and um, I'm so invigorated by um, reporting to work each and every day with um, people that are, you know, uh, 10, 15 years younger than me, and, um, you know, uh, I care genuinely about where they are and in, in, in their in their lives, and some are college students, you know, kind of moonlighting with us. Some are some have nine to fives and they're and they're kind of moonlighting during the weekends. You know, some some do it for, for a living and that's how they that's how they pay their bills and put food on the table. You know, some are actually you know supporting um, young people and, and and doing it that way. And um, but you know, it's it, when when you're in your early to mid twenties, I mean, it's a critical juncture in, in in your life, and it's 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 either a launch pad to, to bigger and better things or it's you know, it's it's a it's a point in in in, in time where you start this downward tra- trajectory. You know, um, people in this biz kind of work hard and play hard. Yeah. Um, you know, lifelong bad habits can be developed: um, alcoholism, drug use. Um, you know, uh, you know there are uh, a lot of really great people in this industry, um, but also this this work can attract a, a transient workforce that can be at times fickle especially in other restaurants I must say I mean I think I think we're 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 very lucky to, to bring on the, the kinds of people that we that we do but um, yeah I any chance I get to kind of weigh in and either you know share the mistakes that I may have made as a teen and a young and a young to mid um, 20 something and 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 hopefully help them learn you know learn from my experiences or you know, chime in um, just to kind of provide some of the lessons that you kind of learn um, over that decade-long span of, you know, getting from your mid-20s to your mid-30s. Because I've got a business partner, Eric, that 
his his father told him that you really don't know anything until you're 35. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, so I, you know, I finally feel you like sure as shit think you do. You, oh, <laughs> you, oh, you do. Oh, you do. You you're do. You're sure you do, you but do. you don't. <laughs> and even if it's things like telling these 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 folks, you know, trying to teach these folks that hey, you know what. Be, being punctual uh-huh. is not a it's not a house rule. It's not my rule. It's life's rule. Yeah. You know, being being um, it's not per- my rule. It's life's. Rule. I like you that. know. Yeah. I mean, and I, I love boiling things down into like, hey, listen, um, things are either going to work out in life or they're not. And if, if things are going to work out for you in life, there there are certain kind of um, so. universal truths that you have to abide by. And, um, you know, being responsible and respectful and, and, and showing up on time and doing the right thing and working hard. I mean, those are kind of non-negotiables, you know, I think. Yeah. Um, and some people never get that, you know. Um, and I think you can learn a lot of that in the restaurant biz, along with other valuable life lessons that transfer into other pursuits. Well, I mean, if you can learn to deal with a busy-ass night in a place like Freight Yard here, which we're going to talk about in a sec, or Willie Taco, and you all the things that are going on, if you can maintain your cool and get through a night, many nights uh, like that, and do it with grace and do it with respect and do it with, you know, hospitality, man, that she'll take you a long way. If you can learn those types of lessons, you're, there's a lot of ways you can apply that Absolutely. in the real world. Absolutely. Yeah. I say the real, the real world. I don't mean the real world. This is the real world. But I mean, like in any other aspect of, of life, what, th- those are very valuable skill sets. Con- conflict resolution. Conflict you know, resolution. Uh, uh, you know, making decisions on your on your toes. You know, thinking on your feet. Um, yep. You know, just uh, uh, you know, crit- critical thinking. Um, you know, multitasking. Um, you know, politics, diplomacy. Um, you know. Uh, Gosh, you know where, where you, you got to do it all in hospitality, man. You really you do. do. I you mean, do. it's but it's a very humane pursuit. I mean, you think about it. Um, there are certain things that, no matter who you are, or where you come from. I mean, you you know, you, you boil it down to, you know, um, kind of kind of uh, you know humanity. I mean, we've all got to eat. You know, um, we all love. You know, it's good to share. Um, it's it's good to be kind. Um, you know, uh, some people uh, eat to live. Some people live to eat. We kind of live to eat, and, yeah. uh, and we we offer our our friends that come in and spend their hard earned money with us instant gratification. You know, which is pretty cool to be in the business of offering instant gratification to people and developing relationships. But you know, food food is very ancient, and it's a very humane. Um, you know, part part of uh, civilization, and just to, you know, to be in food service in in general is kind of a really um, fascinating kind of sacred um, uh, vocation. It is, it is sacred. I like it. Okay, so let's let's talk about freight yard. Um, describe this. So we got people listening. We're we're in this. You know, we're in downtown Spartanburg. We're we're between two historic buildings. We're in an open air area where you've got. Uh, containers and um, how many square feet is this? It's roughly ten thousand square 10, feet. Ten thousand square feet. We obviously you got a incredible outdoor stage. You got a big screen. We are literally right in the middle of downtown Spartanburg. We dropped down. So if you're on Main Street, you walk down the stairs to get to get to this, and that's just solely because you know whatever the building was, it was here before is no longer here. Uh, but how did you? I mean, this space was there was nothing for a long time. Like, how did y'all come up with this? 
Well, we rose like 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 a phoenix from the ashes. I mean, seriously, you know? man. Like, uh, this place is phenomenal. You know, it, there, it, it's actually a really neat story. I mean, you know, uh, rewinding to one of our one of our partners, Richard Heatley, um, just a really interesting guy that, as I mentioned, is a is a student of the of the biz. Um, goes to places like Austin and Dallas and um, Chicago and New York and. Um, you know, eats and drinks and kind of nerds out on different concepts. And, you know, there, there are other open air concepts in major urban areas that are very casual and come as you are and, and multi-purpose and they're full of, you know, games and, and, and there's a live music component. There's, there's an entertainment component. Um, it's dog friendly, kid friendly. Um, again, open air uh, usually, um, and they either bring in food trucks or they have, um, you know, a kitchen and, uh, you know, uh, hearty beer and li- other libation. And, uh, you know, and so um, basically right around the time we opened up Willie Taco, uh, you know, Richard started noticing, um, and we've all noticed this um, overgrown green space in between these two really cool old buildings from the 1930s. Um, you know, just just sitting there, and um, just thought, well, and we had a little bit of experience with shipping containers, just using containers for aesthetic finishes um, at our Willy Taco. Um, you know, both locations. Um, and I think, I think Richard, you know, went to, um, our main principal partner, uh, Bill and said, Hey, you know, we could do something really fun in between these two buildings on, on main street in downtown Spartanburg. And, uh, and Bill said, yeah, you know, that's, that's fascinating. It's a great idea, but the timing couldn't be worse. I mean, you know, we (laughs) just opened Willie Taco six months ago. We need to focus on that. And not think about ways to get into competition with ourselves, you know, like, yeah, yeah, or yeah. take our eye off the, the prize. And, um, you know, we need to be blocking and tackling and learning how to do Willie Taco the best way that we can right now. Because um, we're green as far as this concept is concerned. But then fast forward about, uh, gosh, I don't know, three years later, and um, the same guy, Bill, was uh, hunting with. Um, someone that actually owns this swath of, of land here, um, and they, they do to this day. They're our landlords. Um, and uh, this gentleman said to Bill, hey, I'd like to, like, you know, start a concession stand and offer cold beer, you know, to folks and, and have a, uh, a nice little community space. And Bill said, well, get a load of this. You know, here's what Richard propose we we do with this very same space i mean it's very providential that we're having this conversation right now and uh the gentleman whose family owns this space said bill that sounds fantastic um you know and in fact we'd like to be involved you know and uh when can you get a business plan together because we'd like to see this thing you know and that's that's kind of how um freight yard took shape i mean it was it was just a, it was an early just idea you know almost six years ago that um could have been fleeting and 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 you know gone forever but um it just so happened to uh you know but be, be, become a reality um 
years later and now now we're we're two years old and uh it's definitely a unique concept that um that we're still learning about to the to this day i mean it's uh you know we have uh four shipping containers that are um stacked side by side kind of strategically um we have a uh, we have restrooms in one container, and we have a, a kitchen in in a container with a really nice line of. Um, it is nice, yeah. you know. I mean, we could we could cook any menu, yeah. uh, I, you know, any kind of menu with this kitchen. Uh-huh. Um, we've got an order area that has fourteen taps, you know, two two windows that open up where you you come to the counter and you order a beer and food. We don't have a paper menu. We've got a big menu board, you know, with slats. Um, and uh, a bar container that opens up in three different ways with um, with garage doors. Um, uh, again, you know, 14 taps, uh, two uh, craft cocktails that we do on tap as well that we call Yard Hooch. Um, the draft beer rotates pretty regularly. Um, we grind our own sausages. You know, we were we were kind of wondering what the culinary identity of Freight Yard would end up being. Um, and we decided to kind of do elevated street food. Um, elevated street. Elevated food. street food is what we decided to do. And so we do our kind of the star of our menu um, is the house ground sausage. And we do two different house ground sausages. We do what we uh, call the the bird dog, and that is a chicken sausage um, that has um, some nice herbs and spices um, in it. Some sun dried tomatoes, things like that. And then um, we have a like the best bratwurst you ever had in your life. Well, I just had one. Yeah, you just had it's one. Incredible. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, thanks, thanks. You had <laughs> the Carolina style, right? Yeah. yeah. So what well, was uh, so we had slaw, slaw we had chili, uh, chili, obviously chopped onion, some onion, yeah, dude, a little mustard, phenomenal. Thanks, that was phenomenal. So we've got I mean, a, really we've got was. a few different styles you can pick. We've got a Chicago style um, that we call the Wrigley. We've got a Carolina style, which we just described. Um, and we've got an Oktoberfest style, which has sauerkraut and, and mustard and um, grilled onions, um, and it's quite good. Or you can just build your own dog. We've got about a dozen different gourmet ingredients or condiments. Um, like my favorite is hop cheese, so it's, it's almost like a queso that we make that we fold Cascade hops into. Uh, caramelized onions. Oh wait, that was with the bacon, the pretzel. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So we had a, I had a pretzel too that was like, like massive. I think it was good. Yeah, yeah. For, you know, it's, it's, awesome. it's a nine dollar pretzel. It's so, a nine so it, be, it, better, it better be big. It and, better and it be big is. and it's, good. And it it's was. for like three people. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or, uh, or two uh, podcast people. Yeah, we took know. it. We took care of it. We did indeed. Um, and so we also do uh, grilled marinated chicken on a stick. That we do that we call street meat, and there are a few different uh, sauces that we do. We do a buffalo cream, we do a jalapeno maple bacon, um, and uh, we do a bullet bourbon barbecue. Um, so you know we we use dark meat. Um, it's just it's it's more um, moist and, and and tender and flavorful, and we get a nice sear on it. You know and. Um, and gourmet grilled cheese sandwiches as well. Um, so those are kind of the, the stars of the menu. We do a butter bean hummus and a, a giant pretzel and you know whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, butter bean hummus. Yeah, yeah. We 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 kind of 
Yeah, the, the hummus Ooh. the hummus comes and goes. Um, in other words, we we, we do different um, iterations of the of the hummus. Um, the the most recent one, uh, the current one, is is a butter bean hummus. We've done a black bean hummus. We've you know we've done a uh, a boiled peanut hummus. And that was really interesting. We opened with a, a boiled peanut. Do y'all have that now? We don't. No, we're oh. doing the butter bean right now. Oh man, we do a really great salad that um, has uh, farro and, and kale and like an apple cider vinegar and corn and tomato. And oh. we call it the grains and greens salad. It's served in a quart container. You know, um, it's good stuff. It's a simple menu. Um, there's a little bit of work in the in the preparation of the house ground sausages. But it's, del- it's it's like it's like the best, most elevated fast food you've ever had. You know, um, yeah, food was, comes flying that, out of the kitchen. That, it might be fast, but that was I mean that dude that was freaking good. I mean that brought that was awesome. Boiled pe- oh man, god. But you know, it, it, this this is a, an experiential kind of place. It's atmospheric and food. Food is one component. I mean, yeah. no, um, I mean, there's there's a lot going on. I mean, yeah. Yeah, thanks. No, and, you, you know, we're to... sitting here right now on the on the rooftop yeah. of, of these containers overlooking the entire property. In fact, there are two additional containers that we call skyboxes. And we're sitting here in a skybox as, you know, as there's live music going on. There's a basketball game on the Jumbotron. And we weathered the storm that is we now over and people I guess are coming back pong, out. The ping pong table, I guess it's wet. You guys have got a, uh, you got a permanent ping pong table with a, how many, 20, some uh, or t- about twenty people on the. Uh, uh, what, what do you call it? It's the a rankings. summer. It's a this? summer ping pong challenge ladder, and um, so it's it's almost like a tournament, but it's something that goes on for a season. Okay. So it'll end around Labor is, Day. Is, it, is the person who's on top like he's number one? I yeah. mean, but is, how long has he been there? Uh, that's a recent development. There oh. were some matches that took place on Tuesday, and we kind of shook oh, up the yeah. ranks. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, so whoever we shuffled the deck. Okay. A so bit. they're gonna they're. Is there like so you're six? I'm number six right now. You're yeah. six right now. Yeah. So you're right there. I'm 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 at the precipice of greatness. Are, are you? Yeah. Is there is there like a, a non-linear drop off between like the, the top two or three, or is it like it's like honestly like could you go for one? Like could you? May, maybe I don't know. I mean I I'm a tennis player. Yeah. I, I play ping pong like a tennis player, and and the the guys at the top play ping pong like table like, like, like table, table tennis yeah, players. Yeah, you know, okay. it's a different animal. But yeah. I you know. Who knows? Um, but it's fun to be a part of it, and it's fun to help facilitate it. It was my little brainchild as how we, you know, how we could do something fun, and um, you know, uh, everyone has a nickname, and and we we uh, we document the the matches and do funny little <laughs> posts awesome. on social media, That's you know, awesome. um, and uh, it's just good fun. The the, uh, the loser has to buy the winner a beer. Um, you know, we'll do a, a wow. So you just lost your spot, and you got to you got to yeah. buy the beer. Oh, oh yeah. man! Oh, yeah. So it's really some serious incentive to uh, to to not not lose, man. That's, Indeed, I like it. I like it. So, yeah. Well, all right. So the last thing I want to ask you about because I'm a I'm a fan of like what y'all are doing on social media. Y'all are, and I say social media. I particularly like we have a the only thing we have at Schedulefly is an Instagram account, so I follow you, but. I follow a lot of our customers, but like your posts are just—I don't know—it's just like they just look fun. They you have like cool ideas. Like last night at Freight Yard, y'all did y'all showed uh, uh, Karate Kid, and like yeah. you got these cool events, and you're you're doing a phenomenal job with it. I mean, you've you've just got a huge following for 
relatively small towns. I mean, Spartanburg and Greenville are not, you know, they're not huge cities. They're, but you've got a big ass following. Uh, Thank you, know, you. And it's it's impressive. Which are which you're creating like this. You're creating a a, a vibe that makes you just be like, I don't even know what they serve, but I just want to be there. Like that's whatever they're doing, I want to be a part of it because it just looks fun, which is hard to do. I'm saying that because it's like everybody's trying to figure out how to do that, and it's not easy. It's really hard to do. But y'all do a like a phenomenal job of that from my perspective well thank you very much um you know uh one thing i'm focusing on these days um is you know uh well i mean the the special events and 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 kind of the programming i mean we're we're restaurant people um and we're used to kind of like our our thing which is you know uh our menu um you know taking care of the guests um operating hours you know just the the rig and roll of the of, of the of the restaurant you know and this is a different animal um, oh yeah. it's a blank canvas sure sure um we've got a stage you know we've got a big jumbotron we've got ten thousand square feet um everyone in the community wants to come and do a, a fundraiser or a or a graduation party or an anniversary and you know um so you know i i spend a lot of time these days with um special events marketing pr um, the live music program is something we take very seriously. We have live music five nights a week, and um, we do you know a lot of local, but also a lot of regional stuff. And we you know we have some you know some medium-sized regional headliners that come through, and, and um, that's always very exciting. Um, you know, but uh, so I I try to set them up, and then um, my partner in crime, Richard Heatley, knocks them down. You know, he he's our social media guru. Um, He's disseminating all the uh, the great things that we're conceiving and 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 uh, you know broadcasting them to the masses, but you know the social media um, uh, footprint is not just about uh, spe- you know special events and and, and 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 things of that of that sort. Um, you know it's about trying to capture the magic of what we're what we're doing. It's, you know that's right. Like pictures of of, of our familia. Uh, which is what we call our, 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 our staff, you know, our family, our familia. Um, pictures of food, pictures of our guests having a, having a good time, witty um, it's ca- captions, yep. you know. It's um, all that. You do a good job of, like, I don't know how to articulate this. You do a good job of conveying the culture uh, through social yes, media. The, yes. the, the culture and the vibe of Willie Taco and Freight Yard comes across exactly as I think you are trying to make yeah. it come across. I don't think that's easy to do. Well, I think that's hard to take the stuff you set up and the stuff you, the culture you build and the what you see, you, your partners mm-hmm. and your staff see is like what's great about this. I think it's hard to take that and then broadcast that out through social media to give your audience the same perspective that you're you're trying to convey a lot of people do that there's you know millions of you know restaurants or hundreds of thousands of restaurants that have social media presence but boy it's like it's almost like you shouldn't be there if you're not doing it really well because folks like y'all set the standard that to me i'm like okay that's interesting this other stuff's kind of like eh, you know some's good but y'all do a really good job with the whole thing, and so I, I just tip my hat to you. It's Richard does it, but it's your yeah. whole 
team. It's, it's organic. It's, yeah, you know? it really is. Yeah, like we've got to help provide the content, and we've got to um, attract the right people, yep. and, and we've got to somehow capture it, you know, photographically, um, you know, little videos, et cetera, and, you know, getting them over to to Richard and you know Richard in turn you know reaches out to us and says hey I need I need pictures and you know we, we gotta you know we've got these new specials like let's let's document the, the, the specials and you know bro- broadcast them to the to the masses and you know it's just it's this song and dance that, and it, you know we don't we don't do old school traditional marketing I mean you know, like social media is 90% of our 95% of our of our total um, you know marketing um, and, and you know, uh, in so. good old fashioned word of mouth, man. You guys have Indeed, a great yes, word of mouth. Yes, yes, yes. So, love it, man. All right, well, listen, dude. You probably, uh, you probably need to uh, hit hit home uh, to the bride. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I actually might have another. I might get something else to eat. That dude, that that was. Like I told you, I was on a 24 hour fast when I got here. So right. I'm gonna allow myself. Like I might get another broad, or I may. Uh, I, I, well, I, I, can I make a recommendation? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So imagine some eight hour slow cooked St. Louis style ribs. Done. That we then take and tempura. And drizzle with our bullet bourbon barbecue and an and a house made Alabama white sauce. Done. Um, <laughs> Bring it on. You only live once. Uh, you, dude, I'm all about it, man. Sounds awesome. Dude, I really appreciate it. Genuinely, man. Thank this you, is awesome. Uh, y'all, we're so proud to serve y'all, man. Y'all are just like awesome people. And we just, dude, this is like why we wake up every day to serve folks like you and your team. And, man, it's literally why we built this business and why we love doing it every day. So I, I appreciate it a ton. Really do. We're thankful that, that you all do what you do. I mean, it's 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 above and beyond just the service itself. Um, you know, scheduling is such a, a critically important part of um, any operation. And um, you know, we we know now for uh, you know six years just how um, easy and user friendly and um, you know affordable uh, you know uh, and, and effective ScheduleFly is. Um, and the fact that you all go above and beyond and and and, and you know touch down at, at the uh, at the doorstep of, of, of some of your favorite uh, concepts and operations and try to document them uh, whether it's a podcast or or a video um, you guys are really celebrating um, the hard work of of what you know we as as restaurateurs um, and restaurant people do each and every day and it's uh, you're you're basically uh, you're documenting the counterculture here. You know? Yeah, it's, man. It's, it's, right. it's, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty cool stuff. You know, this is this is real America. That's right, man. It sure is. It sure is. All right, man. This has been fun. All right, y'all. We'll have another episode soon. Thanks for listening. See ya.